This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, dinosaurs. Ooh, gross, I said sores. This is Chris Fairbanks. I have some shows coming up. August 4th, I'm in Portland at the Alberta Rose Theater. And then August 5th, I'm at the historic Crocodile in Seattle, much like a young sound garden. Get your tickets at chrisfairbanks.com. Thank you, and, and, and you're welcome. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you send you off in style we want to welcome you back home tell us all about it were you scared or was it fine mouth horn Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hi, Karen. Hi, Chris. It's good to see you, friend. You look well. Thank you. I just slapped on a bunch of makeup and then looked down inside, made myself four minutes late. So so. there was a little um, shape of your uh, side view of your face made out of foundation on the pillowcase? (laughs) No, I I actually waited all day to take a shower. I I Sometimes I like to push it as an event. Yeah. Whether it's get up. You know, do some exercise, then shower, or just wait and hold off, let the creepy feeling build, and then take a shower in the evening. Yeah, yeah. But if you you don't, uh, I, you lay down a towel on that pillow, right? Because you know what happens to the pillow with water. Chris, I wash my face before I go to bed. Well, I don't know what you're... Yeah, Karen, you know, I, I'm just saying... Uh, there are times, and I know that it's only water that I've left on myself when I take off my pillowcases. There's a silhouette of my face, and it appears to be made of coffee. <laughs> I think you need to see a dermatologist. Hey, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Before you start pointing fingers, go look at your pillows. My pillows are uh, 15 years old, though. <laughs> That's the that real problem be, here. I'm just that saying there are coffee stains on my pillow, and I rarely, if ever, bring coffee to bed. So I think it's just wet head. Oh. I'm drunk. No. Hey, it's not like that time where we stumbled on the NASA station, but I went I went golfing, and it was fun, and I was outside, and I was breathing in 
the soil and I had some white claws and I maybe <laughs> ate an edible that was stronger than I, but all it's going to yes. make me do is try harder to enunciate. And I think we're going to be fine, well, but I'm drunk. Be. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe let's let me take the lead and you can just relax. This Thank time. you. Thank you. That's you. That was my bait and you bit it. You big old fish. <laughs> Look at human. Well, before we get into any more of your coffee pillowcase pillow talk, let's introduce our guests for the, today. I think it's time. I think it's high time and it's very exciting. We've never had him on the show before. He is a young star comedian of today, um, beloved by many. Very attractive. And we're thrilled to have him here. Very funny on um, Twitter. Joel Kim Booster, ladies and gentlemen. Joel Kim Booster. Hello. I didn't Hello. know that this was the kind of podcast I could... I almost ate an edible as well before this, but out of respect, <laughs> I said... <laughs> you held back. I said no. Right. Do it now. So it Do is, it now and see what yeah, the end... Yeah, and then it'll, it'll sort of be like a, a countdown clock. Yes. Um, before I actually... Because I'm not like Chris. I could not do this well enough, but I made myself a little nauseous. With a snack, and I really wanted to feel less <laughs> nauseous, so I almost ate an edible, but I didn't because I respect I, you so much. I feel like podcasting, especially these days, where we're all in this awkward mm -hmm. Zoom trap, where it it can only be as good as Zoom allows us yeah. to have it be, because we can't feel our actual timing, our chemistry, and pheromones. You know, Right. And our, we can't smell each other's pheromones, <laughs> yeah. which is so I go off scent in podcasting. <laughs> you know but how I excited I get. Yeah, Chris goes. With a smelly nuts. guest. But I feel like I feel like uh substances could only help that yeah. situation, yeah. really. I don't know. I don't think so for me, because I get so anxious when I get stoned and I try to do things like this. And I and I admire both of you so much. And I would get I would be just so nervous the whole oh, time trying you. to talk thank to you. Thank you. Well, now that we've talked about it a little bit, my paranoia is setting in. So if we could just because uh, lingering is that edible and they are a, they are a fickle. They're a fickle ingestible. It well, really. Chris, I'll just remind you. You're a talented comedian. Thank you. This is your podcast. So there's kind of no way to fuck up. And then if there is a way to fuck up, we'll just edit it out. Yeah, so but you, do, you think really... I, do you think I am getting throat cancer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I meant to tell of... you that, but that's just don't worry about it anymore. If we were there, yes. we could smell you. We'd really be able to tell. Oh. <laughs> cancer like reeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs that can tell that you're about to have a seizure or yeah. cancer, whatever. Yeah. Or, and COVID now. They have dogs that can smell COVID. Oh, no, really? You're kidding mm -hmm. me. You, that was mm -hmm. on the news. You saw it? Yeah. So I, I actually might be making that up. I know. I When you said I it. I swear I read it somewhere, but I can't be sure. You, now you've really put the fear of God in you me. Know I'm what? really not sure. Everyone it's that possible, listens though. Googles a lot. We will find yes. out if you're right or not, but I think you are right. People who listen to this podcast know it's on them to, to if they're going to, yeah, if they're going to take anything in or pretend to learn anything from this podcast, it's on them to really make sure that that's a truth or if it's just kind of a truth in this universe. Yeah. I hope people spread that around without checking though. That's my favorite kind of fact. There's, you know, what's something that I, I literally remember reading somewhere and I have told it to so many people, but now I can't find the original source of this factoid that I love to spread around. And I'm worried that it's not true. It's that Ted Allen, the host of Chopped on the Food Network and mm -hmm. former Queer Eye, is married to his cousin. Oh, wow. 
you- and and I use this as because I think I think and I'm I this is a this is I'm starting early, but I think that gays should be allowed to do incest, lateral incest. Um, I think like as a form of reparations for us, we should be able to do it, and it should be everyone should have to be cool with us marrying our cousins yeah, and i, I use ted I allen as an example of that but by lateral incest you mean age-wise like we're gonna keep yeah, it up because i've said area. this in the past and people get mad at me and they're like you know <laughs> they immediately associate incest with father son sure or something like that and when there's a power imbalance obviously no i don't support of it course, but sure. if it's just cousins cousins just relative incest, stuff yeah. that's more yeah, like yeah. a royal that's more like you guys just being a little bit Yes. You know, the house of blank. Exactly. You just got to keep the bloodlines rich and fancy. Well, and that's the thing, though, is that's not a concern in our community about the bloodlines. Right. And so there's really no all the all the negative connotations with cousin fucking is really not an issue (laughs) in the gay community. It really is frowned upon, isn't it? It, Except with (laughs) animals, except with dog. The more the more purebred. They are, which means the more uh, inbred. Yeah, but they have breathing you, problems. Most purebred, quote unquote, dogs look like they shouldn't exist. They <laughs> yes. look like they're in pain constantly, yes. and they—it's—I feel bad. The only it's good like dogs are mutts. Normal size, but super short legs, yeah, or like, yeah, the pushed-in snout type yeah. of stuff, where you're like, this is only hurting the dog, and yeah. costs My- five thousand dollars more. My friend yeah. has a bulldog and he had to get the dog a, an eye lift and a tummy tuck because, <laughs> what, because he lives because, in West Hollywood. What's this? <laughs> yeah, that, that and it, like for the dog's own good, though, because like the dog couldn't was like not able to really see because of the folds. And then like the stomach was something was wrong with the stomach. I actually don't know why he got the tummy tuck. Yeah. But <laughs> the yeah. eye thing was a real serious issue. While they were at it, did they make the dog more appealing? Like it, it <laughs> I mean, ended up being cut. Cosmetic, right? I will say the eye lift really did something for the dog. <laughs> Just six pack abs on a dog. Speaking of the um the of the in incest uh concept, it made me think of did you get that idea? Perhaps um could it be like you fell asleep during an episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, where the woman is married to her own grandfather. Her, her step grandfather. Step grandfather. You're kidding me. Is that yes. a Mormon? It's okay. It, no, it was. <laughs> she's a she's Pentecostal actually, oh. and her grandmother requested that she that he marry one of her granddaughters. Mm-hmm. It is a step, but yeah, that's a pretty, leap. I'm going to go ahead and call odd. it a leap. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and it, and it's actually you you'd think it would be a bigger deal. It is it is a plot point on the show, but it isn't even really the main focus of the story of the show and you'd think it would be but it's right. not it's there's just, well i can't i can't say i watch it i listen to a podcast where they talk about yeah. themselves watching it which i love so then i don't have to witness it but apparently it's not even the weirdest thing no on the show not which even, I kind of not even a little bit i kind of respect that yeah there's a lot of weird shit going on in so Salt Lake City. i need yes, to start walking watching the real housewives of salt lake city I mean, I recommend everybody does dip their toe in that pond, but I understand that it's not for everybody. I've also become a a worse, dumber person since the pandemic has started. 
<laughs> I stopped reading and I mm-hmm. only watch reality TV and I eat Subway five times a week. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is Ugh. what they say. Is it the, the the tuna fish in Subway that's not real? It's apparently not. And apparently there was a yoga mat. Like they make their bread with like the same materials as people make yoga mats. And and still I am not deterred. (laughs) And it makes me sick. It makes me sick to my stomach. But I also like I just literally today made a chicken smoothie. So what? What? Wait, did you do you have a broken jaw? I'm looking at you and I know you don't. But I did you get your jaw wired? My friend got his jaw wired shut and his mom would put pizza in a blender. Ew! Now that's a that's a step too far. Hey, he's he's. I just fr- I just cooked up some chicken on the stove and then put it in a blender with some water and blended it up, and it's a little like soup. Oh, was it just for convenience? Like you were in a hurry? Yeah, I don't. I I am very um, conscious of what I eat to my own detriment, and I don't. <laughs> and I don't like eating anymore. I only eat Subway and chicken smoothies because I know. <laughs> like what is in it like i know calorically and and sort wow. of on a macro level like what the breakdown is at sure. subway and mm-hmm. what with the chicken and i just it's so much quicker i ate a, i ate 60 grams of protein worth of chicken in 60 seconds joel are you that's, a, becoming, that's one gram of protein per second are you gonna be are you becoming a bodybuilder i mean i've been doing this for a couple of years now you're in and shape, i am yeah i am a i am a uh fitness person i'm one of those people well, i mean but, i dip my toe in that yeah, I mean, you went golfing. Today. I'm wearing That's a headband, a for God's sake. Yeah, yeah we can see. I, we can see how athletic you are. I did not put this on for the podcast, by the way. I had it on, and now I'm seeing that I wear it, and I'm uh, embarrassed and also wee paranoid. But do you ever, Joel? I think it looks great. I've, I've said this before so many times, and friends have agreed. Do you ever wish there was just the what you have to go through to get food? I just want a pill sometimes that is a meal. Oh, Absolutely. If I could have a pill, I would I would do it. And if if even if like Soylent was more like even more sort of calorically dense, I would drink Soylent. But Soylent mm-hmm. is sort of useless to me. I, it, I just I hate I literally hate eating. I don't like doing <laughs> it. And I don't like doing it. I don't like doing it to the extent that I have to do it to look a certain way. It's torture. And, and during the pandemic, it's really like for who? Right. Well, who Do you not have a t- uh, sense of taste? I think you you, you have the virus. <laughs> we gotta get a dog over to your no. apartment. Yeah, I eat <laughs> I eat whatever I want on Friday dinners and Saturday dinners, and that's it. And those meals I enjoy because I'll eat nachos <laughs> and buffalo chicken salads sure. and- in a blender. With some water. No, <laughs> always drinkable. <laughs> always drinkable. And a kebab. Yeah. Nachos. I mean, that's a real part. It's like you're having a little party for yourself. Yeah. That's fine. I times. deserve it after eating Subway all week. Well, yes. I, I, well I'm <laughs> impressed that you blend it. I mean, if you think about it, it's like making a soup or a or. It's, yeah, it's, it's I actually got the idea from watching Chopped where famed cousin fucker Ted Allen is the host <laughs> because they put things in the blender there all the time. Who are some oh, other famous God. cousin fuckers? I, Ted Allen's the only one I know of and other than the Royals, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, let's No, not. there's other ones. I think, oh, well, there's the Morgan, Jerry, Fre- well, Morgan Freeman is uh, with oh, his granddaughter. Yeah. Something like, something I think his granddaughter's the- friend or something in that realm. Like he went to a prom, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's you just a. He's just, he did not go to the prom. I think he did. He, he narrated that prom. Yeah, he's a bad I, dance chaperone. <laughs> yeah, it's 
It's tough. Uh, didn't didn't want didn't um, Woody Allen Jerry Lee Lewis or yes. am I making that yes. name up? I, Jerry I Lee think Lewis. He, no, you're right. Yeah. He married a fourteen year old. Yeah, if, uh, and see, that's the kind of incest I don't support. Good. Sure, that's set to music. <laughs> the, the biopics are made of <laughs> yeah yeah that that always stuck out to me even when i was a kid my dad told me that and i was like that's super wrong right and he's like yes quite i'm like yeah, a lot of the stuff jerry lee this- lewis did did a lot of stuff wrong there's a real good did you ever watch um Mm, the t- you, Mike Judge's Tales from the Tour Bus. Oh, oh yeah, no. it's the best. It's if you haven't so seen good. it, Joel, watch Tales from the it's Tour Bus. It's fucking hilarious, and it's just basically it, the first season is all country stars and all how it, like his Mike Judge's whole thing is. You know, when I was a teenager in the nineties, it was all this rap stuff about how bad gangsters were and like they shouldn't be exposed to teenagers blah 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 and he's like and all i could think of was does anybody know anything about country stars <laughs> and so he basically made a series where it's just they all were taking speed they, they were constantly like shooting each for other four days Wh- shooting each other yeah shooting other people in bars yeah. like they didn't give a fuck and it's and all yet, animated kind of like king of the hill and oh, so it's, it's great. Uh, they're talking to all these roadies and guys that were on tour at the time. And they're like just these sweet old men and uh, they're animated like and it's so funny. It's well, just so just say it's animated. It, I mean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All so the it's reenactments. Easy to consume. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, blend, it's the blended chicken of TV. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, exactly. I need to go back and ask you this question. <laughs> when you have your Subway sandwich that you allow yourself yeah. um, with the yoga mat bread, which I remember reading that and being like interesting and still mm, going and eating. Yeah. Same with um, when <laughs> Taco Bell, there was an Horse. article that said, <laughs> that said it was sawdust. Sawdust. Their, oh, their yeah. meat was sawdust. You, I also do you do you remember that the ground beef at 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 Taco Bell is apparently a part horse. <laughs> yeah, it's grade F. I've seen the box. Yeah. I like it's grade and I F. and I still and I was like I don't care like what don't is a care. horse to, it, how is a horse different from a cow? To right. Me? Of course, of course. You know. And I'm going to be consistent. <laughs> right. Just l- slightly more beautiful. Yeah. I mean, arguably. So more majestic. Subjective. S- spiritually. Yeah, there's a spiritual difference there, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Their, but... their hair makes them. Yeah. I eat anything with a good spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is in the tuna then? It, they said it's not tuna, which means it's dolphin, or are they saying it's not even dolphin? No. They I said can't it remember. was just like. Um, yeah, they, that it's just not necessarily food. It's definitely yeah. not tuna or fish. Sort of made in a lab vibes. Oh, yeah. wow. Just kind of a filler, dog food style, cat food Which style filler. seems so, sort of more sustainable yeah, to me, I, I guess. <laughs> I think it's going back to what Joel and I were talking about. They are manufacturing <laughs> this food pill I want so bad. Yeah. Yes. They're just taking I mean, too long. Yeah. <laughs> but do six, you get your yoga mat sandwich bread toasted? Yes, I do. Yeah. I think it makes it more palatable. It yes, does. me too. Always. Yes. Because you really sense the yoga mat when it's not toasted <laughs> yes, in a way that's do. unseemly. The consistency is yeah. too familiar. When you bite uh-huh. down and it doesn't spring back, uh-huh. <laughs> that uh-huh. thing that it definitely does a lot. Yeah. I they when when Subway in LA and maybe everywhere um did that thing where suddenly they were open till like three in the morning or something. Do you know they there's a bunch of I them that are open, that. you know that would be a game changer. For yeah, me. that's like, what they so did to re- recover from Jared. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say I'm sort of I feel like the reverse Jared. 
I'm going there to gain weight. You know? <laughs> you can, you're you're you, taking a different approach. Than yeah. You should do commercials where you hold up a tiny little pair of dollhouse pants. <laughs> I can't fit into these anymore. Thanks, Subway. You've done it for me. But there there was like so many jobs I had where like I would leave and it would be 1030 and I would just be like, I can't eat fast food again. So Subway was this kind of in my mind. I was telling myself it was the good choice mm. and it was open. Well, I think it's better. It's better than most fast food, even as even even though it's fake food a lot of the times. Apparently, I do think it is better for you than your I average agree. your McDonald's. There your, was a men's Bell. health article, and this was in the late nineties uh, that I read, <laughs> and there was a list of all the fast food that in uh, from best to worst. And I hate it's because of uh, chemical on a chemical level or whatever. Subway was down at the bottom, but I was a big Taco Bell kid uh, just as a kid. And uh, that was up there like as, hey, there's not much wrong with Taco Bell. And this is after telling you about that great F beef thing. And before you nay say a men's health article. So, you know, yeah, (laughs) there was some research. The Wall Street Journal. (laughs) Yeah, practically. Exactly. That's big. Yeah. It was on higher a chemical up on level. Taco Bell is better than Subway, and at the saying. bottom, of course, McDonald's and Burger King for sugar reasons. But because uh, they did indicate why, and I think and that preservatives the, you can leave out a, a McDonald's burger for days, right? If not years, yeah, yeah. But if you see what happens to mayonnaise overnight, you're gonna <laughs> swear that off yeah. for life. <laughs> Wait, what was say uh, underneath Taco Bell? I mean, what other options are even all things that made sense? Uh, I was surprised Taco Bell was up there. And the reason Taco Bell wasn't number one, though. No, it was not. But it was in the top 10. I do remember this list because I didn't know how to cook and I was a kid. I imagine it's the kind of thing you think about every time you drive past one of those. Yes. I would. "Mm, would, Not tonight, number eight, maybe number four. Let's see what happens. Right now, I'm deciding that this article in Men's Health made the biggest impression on me in my entire life because I constantly (laughs) remember that it's okay to go to Taco Bell and there is preservatives in the bread at Subway. And it's a bread-based thing. Uh, the the bread there isn't as good as they claim. That's all. I'm not sure that they claim that many things. They say things hello the fresh. And I think that they're talking about the bread there. <laughs> uh, there. I will say I was at the Subway today and they had run out of bread. And the guy was like, mad that they didn't have any more white bread and he was like how do you not have any white bread and she was like well we make it fresh in the store and i was like bitch don't, <laughs> don't, like, don't you, try you it. get a pallet you get a pallet <laughs> yeah. of an unknown substance and you slab it on a, a tray yeah. and you put it in the oven that does not mean you make it fresh in yeah. the store yeah. but this man was a nightmare because he also came into the store and said i'm not sure what i want yet and then he kept being like how's the the american club How's the Italian BMT? And it's like, don't torture these subway employees like that. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, they're also, gonna, what where do they think you are? There are? Do you want them to describe it to you? It's all subjective. You, yeah. ha- What do you like in sandwiches? That's why and they're also, called an artist, because art is subjective. 
It's not. It's very true. And it's not. These are sandwiches. You're not in some exotic foreign yeah. restaurant. You know what I mean? That it's is, like, have you had a salami sandwich before? Because yeah, it's going to taste like that. To a subway and ask them what's good here. It's so <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. May I like speak to the chef? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. The bread probably in its in its form, it comes out of a caulking gun or something. And then yeah. it's baked to bread shape. And that's yeah. why they say or it's Subway that- eat fresh, not. Yeah. Subway eat fresh, eat fresh. Right. And it was always about the bread. The only I bet you the bread it's baked in, it only can be baked in that in that oven. Like you couldn't Mm. steal it and take it home if you work there because it probably doesn't bake in a real oven. It has to be in the oven that that Subway has. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little steel casket shaped exactly (laughs) like a loaf of bread that they clamp down. But it's like this was made to bake yoga mats. So don't try. You can't just go taking this somewhere. Mm, You can taste the downward dog. (laughs) What's your order at Subway before we get, get out of this area? I yeah. either get a turkey, a 12 inch turkey on white double turkey with provolone yeah, and nice. veggies. Or mm-hmm. I get, if I'm really feeling crazy and, and feeling like I want to treat myself, I'll get an Italian BMT with turkey instead of ham, double turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that nice. sounds good. I stick with turkey there too. Turkey is the best lunch meat for you. I Agreed. think so. And it's also the, but it also tastes the worst, I think. Yeah. Like everything that's good for you. Yeah. Right. It's, it's oh, a sacrifice. I love turkey. Uh, I eat it because they have the worst personality. <laughs> <laughs> worse than salamis? I've been around turkeys. I've talked about this. They're assholes. I'm okay with eating them. And I know that's controversial. Yeah. No, I do think they are assholes. They're mean and they'll chase you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're dinosaurs. They have it's big true. scaly legs. <laughs> they pinpoint oh. that you're human. And then they move in for the attack. I don't like turkeys. Guys, we're all turkey sandwich at Subway people. I think that's kind of <laughs> that nice. Is beautiful. I think that's nice for us as Me brand too. new yeah. friends. It really brings us together. It Do you really feel does. differently about tuna now? You used to eat a lot of tuna when we'd have our little meetings at the 101 Cafe, cafe rest in peace. Do you? Cafe. I know. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's the only place I, I actually don't like fish and I don't really, I don't really like tuna, but for some reason they make, their tuna salad was almost dry, if yeah. that makes sense. Like they put so little mayonnaise in it that they, it didn't become some mayonnaise problem, yeah. which is what I can't deal with any kind of a blank, problem, blank yeah. salad. Is it <laughs> real mayonnaise problem? I don't like it. And I would always say to the, to the waitress, it was usually a waitress, I'd always say, can I get your tuna salad sandwich, but no mayonnaise on the bread? Because they would put extra mayonnaise on the bread on a tuna salad sandwich. Where it's just like, guys. Let's think it through. So then when you would bite into the bread, tuna would pop up through the holes in the bread. And to me, that is the worst thing of all time. I only recently came around to mayo. I had such an aversion to it because growing up, get this, my parents would get Miracle Whip and call it mayo. Oh. And and they just think it's interchangeable. And Mm -hmm. and I and I finally, as an adult, came around and finally got used to mayo. And I was like, this is not the same. And they're like, yes, it is. It's the same. And it's and they gaslit me about (laughs) Miracle Whip for years. You grew up in the Midwest, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just everything that has the the moniker of salad has Miracle Whip in it. That's sweet, sweet mayonnaise. It's so sweet. Yes. Bizarre. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were an anti Miracle Whip family. So anytime I would go to a friend's house and their mom made sandwiches with Miracle Whip, it would totally be like, "What are you eating?" Oh yeah, there was people in my neighborhood I wasn't allowed to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) Stay away from that family, Chris. They're a Miracle Whip family. Stay away. Miracle Whip or um, margarine is kind of a shocker when, like, if it's something. And that's a, the other thing. They said margarine is the same as butter, and it's not. <laughs> no, you're. Wait, are you from like Kansas, like directly in the I'm center from of Illinois. the country? Oh, okay. Yeah, so sort yeah. of, but not just a little quite above the, it. The center. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. start doing stand up in Chicago? Then I did. Oh, yeah. cool. I started good. In that's Chicago. a great place. To yeah, start. I, yeah, I agree because it is like it's all the stage time of New York, but no one's paying attention. Um, and so you can really something be about it makes yeah. my favorite comedians. I don't know how to pinpoint. There is that, an energy. But... I I don't know exactly what it how to pinpoint it either. But I just like it's so cheap to get drunk there, mm-hmm. and the stakes feel so low, and everyone's just having fun. I would not say I got good. I I don't know if I was a good comedian in Chicago. I. I think I only got really good in New York, but I miss my time in Chicago so much. You moved to New York time. first then? Did you like start with Kyle Kinane and those guys or? No, 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 no. They are much older than me. Yeah, I yeah. guess I'm coming up on my, my 10 year oh, anniversary of starting. Oh, you're kidding me. Wow. Good job. I, if, which feels like a long time now, but I still feel like a baby compared yeah, to yeah. some people that I know who are, who are doing this. Um, but yeah, and I moved to New York. I only, I moved to New York after like two years of doing stand up. And people said it was too soon. They always um, do that. Yeah. But this, this is the thing is that I moved to New York with people who were a cl- several classes above me in Chicago who wouldn't even know my name. And we all had to start going to the same fucking open mics. Yeah. We, nobody gives a shit what rooms you were doing in Chicago when you go to New York. And so mm-hmm. we all started at the same level. And it just, you know, it. I was so, and I didn't I had. I had none of the ego, you know, it really bruised them because suddenly they couldn't go up first at the open mic. But I was like, well, I'm used to going last. Yeah, so yeah. This is fine. This is my life. Yes. And I so, also I bet that I, I had a very parallel experience where I lived in San I started in Sacramento, but I was only there for like six months, moved to San Francisco, which was like the big in my mind, the big time. But I yeah. only lived there for two years. And then I moved to L.A. and everyone said it's too early. You have to come here and you have to blah, blah, blah. Well, it was all dudes that were telling me that. Yeah. And all these club owners in San Francisco had all these little mini fiefdoms and they did all this weird manipulative shit where every time I'd go, I'd be like, fuck this. Like it would be that weird. Like they were kind of fucking with you or I don't know if I'm going to put you on tonight. And I'd just be like, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like I thought I was the best comic of all time. I just knew that was bullshit. Like that wasn't their opinion didn't matter. Yeah. So when I moved to LA and then everyone moved to LA and the exact same thing happened where it was just a total reset. So the people that were like super legendary in San Francisco had to start over too. And it was kind of cool because then every, there was this kind of like, it almost felt like more of a creative commune vibe where Mm -hmm. everyone was just like, well, let's get our shit together and try to actually make a mark instead of, you know, like, getting your perfect club set down exactly uh-huh. how you want it. Cause yeah. it doesn't, you had to kind of do more than that in LA, I think, which was cool. Absolutely. But in, in Chicago, I, I just wanted to share my theory about Chicago. Cause I think there's, 
like the bar culture helps the comedy culture and it has such a true love for surprisingly I I lived there for a very brief time but because of Second City and because mm-hmm. of like you know Steppenwolf there is a true love of like the arts and performing and comedy specifically and the, the- and the theater scene there too I think feeds into that as well yeah. like it has a really amazing storefront theater scene which is what I originally went there to do but yeah I yeah. definitely think that so is it was like that like creativity thing is in the air and there's even though it acts like it's this you know blue collar i'll beat the shit out of you kind of town it actually has the heart of an artist so like you know we would go to bar shows there was a bar show we went to and it was people reading from um the like the personal ads i can't remember what it was specifically it was so funny and enjoyable and it was just like clearly a group that did comedy together that were like reading these things out of the paper that was such a funny great idea where i was like oh i see how like sketch groups just pop up in this town or like comedy packs you know packs of stand-ups develop together that is like, it's so hard for, you know what? This is the thing too, I think about Chicago and New York that I do think that LA sometimes lacks in as much as in, in terms of per capita is that I do just think that there are a lot of people who are comedy nerds in both those cities who enjoy going to see stand up. Mm-hmm. And those people make up so much of the audiences of the shows, whereas I do find in L.A., and maybe it's just the shows that I'm doing, is that there, there's it's made up about half of those people and then half of people who want to be where you are mm-hmm. at that moment. They want it. They're they're like either trying to do something adjacent to comedy or comedians or actors or influence, you know, like they're there for another reason. And it, it, it is a different energy than New York and, and Chicago and and I'm sure even San Francisco too. And yeah, I've Austin, only been to San Francisco Austin for big was things, that but. way. Yeah, I started in Austin. There was that same feeling of like, uh, they, there was this art community, such an appreciation for art in the nucleus of Texas, which is otherwise not what you think of when you think of art. And then the <laughs> same pressure, like to stay. But it was a vibey thing. Like, oh, I'm waiting for. Hollywood to come to Texas and they would <laughs> like try and talk me out of leaving. And I'm like, no, I think I want to experience different kinds of audiences. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah. much good art there. Yeah. I do get that. Um, I mean, I haven't done stand up in a while, but that was my least favorite vibe. I was always looking for a fight in the audience when I did stand up. I was always like, look, I hate you. I'll figure out exactly how by the end of the set. But just know, just know I'm also not a fan of yours, like the worst way to do stand up. But that vibe of I could be doing this better um, thing, I, I it was always something I felt like I picked up on or it as um, because I think I was in comedy before the internet and before the before the real big explosion, you know, that the how it got when it got super popular, um, where it I did start with audiences that had no interest in doing comedy and they were just yeah. like, I like comedy. And there was a before very, this, the yeah. line was so distinct. Whereas then moving to LA and slowly but surely it was like kind of everyone could be a comedian. That was the vibe where it's like, or anyone could. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a little bit like this in New York, but this is an experience that I've had so many times in LA that is so frustrating is that like someone will come backstage and be like, 
so-and-so the booker from fallon is in the audience tonight you know <laughs> yeah, or yeah. like there's oh, oh did you see there's a bunch of like agents or there's this person from this network or somebody is in the audience and it's like well okay i'm not going to try this weird new bit that yeah. i wanted to try i'm going to do good bits now because i don't want to bomb in front of the fucking fallon and that, that's <laughs> right, right. what you should do and i would go always get confronted by that and i'm like well then i'm just gonna have fun and blow it and have a few drinks <laughs> and yeah. i'm gonna like make Make the wrong decisions and show them how loosey goosey I am, and that doesn't work. There was never anyone important in Chicago audiences. There was never once <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyone important in a Chicago audience, and that made, and that it, it was so freeing. Yeah, right. Very true. That's kind of how. Yeah, that's how San Francisco was a little bit, unless. Maybe Alice Walker came to a show one time. <laughs> San, Francisco, San Francisco doesn't have like celebrities like that. Their celebrities are all so like, you know, it's either Bobby McFerrin or, you know, it's yeah. the weirdest. Like uh, when Sharon Stone married that one rich guy, she lived there for a little while. But yeah, you couldn't really. That wasn't part Wait, of it. Karen, you've met Bobby McFerrin? The no, no, singer but he was, Don't Worry, Be Happy? He lived in San Francisco for a long time. I love that so, song. I mean, it's a hit. It's you an know undeniable what the, hit. The weirdest celeb um, at sh- <laughs> in a city that I know of is. Do you, uh, did you ever do the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana? Yeah, it's the one best. of my favorite clubs. Yeah, and um, Jesse Eisenberg lives there with his wife oh. in Bloomington, Indiana, <laughs> for some for some inexplicable reason, and he goes to all the shows at the Comedy Attic. So, like Jesse Eisenberg was in the audience of my show, and I was like, "Why are you in Bloomington, Indiana?" <laughs> That's great. The the, the I time I that. worked there, multiple nights, the guy that made the movie Hoosiers, and then also this movie Breaking Away that I always liked with the best Daniel Stern and Dennis Quaid. He wrote those movies movie. and he taught film at that school, and he was there every night, and he was telling us uh, when Trump was running about. Because uh, he was like married to some model lady. He was talking about Trump tr- trying to hit on his wife and get her alone and stuff. And huh. it, it, early on, I'm like, well, he sounds like a bad guy. I hope he doesn't become <laughs> our president. <laughs> like early on, but he was the nicest guy and he just liked comedy. He hung out there. He was in the green room uh, with the other funny thing about that club is the guy that runs it. The green room is also his office. So while you're getting ready, looking at your notes before a show and he's he's like, yeah, how many people are with your party? OK, like he's taking those yeah, calls he's a kook. in the green like room, <laughs> which it's I'd- funny because I the, uh, both Hoosiers and Breaking Away are two of my very favorite movies, really? but they're not that similar. So the idea that the same guy yeah. made <laughs> them the is best. blowing my and mind. He was the best guy ever. He was super funny. And I, I had to start asking him questions before he's like, oh, I I made some movies and now I teach film here. And I'm like, what were the movies? And then he told me <laughs> and me, too. I love those two movies. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah. Both of them. Breaking Away is the best. Never seen it. You got to get into it. You got to see it. The next time you feel an urge to watch uh, a reality (laughs) house basketball, right? But it's a true story. So even if you don't care about basketball, I love an inspirational sports movie. I can't get enough of an inspirational sports movie. And also, Gene Hackman is the coach and he's amazing. And then fucking Barbara Hershey before when she still has real thin lips. (laughs) And every outfit Barbara Hershey wears in this movie. Because it's the 50s in 
Indiana is the best out. Every time she walks on, she'll have like, like a moss green, you know, mock turtleneck short sleeve shirt sweater. And I'll just be like, where'd she get that? Or like a, then like a Pendleton plaid jacket in autumn colors where I'm just like, this is the best movie. It's the best movie of all time. It's really good. For wardrobe alone, watch it. For Barb's outfits alone, but then the actual story, which is the true story of this little ragtag basketball team I that made it. it to the top. They made it to the okay, top. No spoilers. Oh, whoops, please. sorry. Yeah. Uh, just I said I was going to watch it. <laughs> the in Hoosiers, they <laughs> win Hoosiers. at basketball. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, now I'm going to blow the top off Mighty Ducks for everybody. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> they win. The kids win. Well, Hoosiers. I feel bad for talking about that Mighty Ducks thing. <laughs> yeah, you really killed the convo. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just because, well, again, bouncing I'm back very, back. very drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm fine. Like, just out of... So, what year did you move to yeah. Los Angeles? I, I moved to LA in 2018. Oh, recently. Or, yeah. Relatively. So, it hasn't been that long. Um, or was it 2017? No, it was 2018. It was 2018, for sure. Um, and yeah, so I, 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 it's weird cause I, I've only known LA like in a very specific, like it, it I didn't struggle. I haven't struggled in LA, you know, mm-hmm. like I came here, I came here to write on a show and I was already like a, a standup who was like, to, like touring pretty regularly and like felt comfortable there and like was able to live by myself here. Whereas in New York, every day was yeah. hell, you know, <laughs> and like. And and in Chicago too. I mean, my first apartment in Chicago was a uh, studio apartment for five hundred dollars, and I remember being like, I don't know if I can pay rent every month. In, yeah. For, and that, looking back on that now, that is like, insane. I rem- like, but it was a real concern, and I like a big part, of, a big reason I started doing comedy is because the only thing I could afford to to consume as entertainment was podcasts. And so I would listen to comedy podcasts and like that really inspired me to start doing comedy. Oh, wow. That's, so, that's amazing. What'd you yeah. do for a day job in Chicago? I worked for Groupon and this was sort of the other prong <laughs> of me starting comedy is I worked for Groupon for four years. Even when I lived, my first job in New York was also a company that Groupon bought. I just transferred there and was able Mm. to do that. And I worked um, in customer service. I started as a temp in the customer service department. I was like the 78th employee of Groupon. (laughs) Wow. And then by the time I was, I left to go move to New York, I was running three call centers in Ohio and Virginia Shit. As like a 24 year old. And yeah. it was, it was, it's just an emblematic of how stupid the company was because <laughs> like they, it, I, sh- I had no business doing that. I had no qualifications. I like, I was an operations manager and I like literally was bad. I was bad at the job. <laughs> do you, but, you didn't have a passion for it or do you feel like oh, if you had stayed, you would be like, there wealthy? were moments, <laughs> there were moments when I was in New York where I was like, I could live comfortably doing this because i was like good at the job that i i was an account manager for this restaurant group in in new york and like getting screamed at by restaurant managers i was extremely good at and um (laughs) i i remember like just like being like well maybe if all of this doesn't work out like i could just work in startups for the rest of my life and be happy Um, but i'm glad that i didn't 
do that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's almost like you you spend enough time and then you're just like, yeah, getting yelled at at restaurant managers is this thing where I've you, like you figure out the way to get through it. And then, yeah. which is like that. And I think that's what happens to people in jobs. But it's like, but is that your dream? You know, no. Is that how you want to spend I, your days? I also find uh, that job really taught me that every single person who runs a restaurant is crazy. There is not a single well, well, like there's just not anyone who is stable who's doing that job because how could you? It's a job where you work like 14 to 16 hour days and you're like, it doesn't pay super well. And like, you're just dealing with shit all, all the time. And yeah, they're all coke addicts or just not so people. Yeah. And it's always usually going to go out of business. I mean, isn't that the average is like they in two years, they all go out of business. Yeah. Yeah. And now on with COVID, everything is going to be a restaurant group. It's going to be like secretly, it's going to look like a uh, an independently owned business, but it's all going to be owned by the same people who own Olive Garden. Yeah. I yeah. wonder how cocaine sales are right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My guy dipped. seems to be thriving. Um, <laughs> yeah. Seems to be doing well um, during this time. <laughs> They're a resilient bunch. You know what I yeah. mean? They just, they pivot. They yeah. know how to use their different talents. <laughs> just because they're pacing around a room constantly. Yes. <laughs> they're, they pivot to selling cigarettes along with their Coke. Yeah. Don't want to make two trips? Let me do this for you. You're going to need these. The only difference is, I will say, is that my drug dealer now won't make deliveries. You have to come to him. He refuses to he refuses to make outgoing calls. You hmm. have to go and visit him. That's smart. Um, and that's the only difference in in the covid world of my drug use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would like. Does he have a little sneeze guard like a plexiglass? What's his <laughs> setup when you arrive? No, it's just like in in his in his. um. <laughs> oh, <That's> perfect! <laughs> yeah, so we're you gonna drive Stephen to his... bleep out the name of the, the kind of the type of car just for safety <laughs> reasons, just for yeah, so yeah. that no drug dealer visits <laughs> you at night. Let's bleep out the That's name good. and the type. And of that car. makes for good podcasting. When you bleep something, they're like, "Ooh, like they're involved Ooh. in some kind of espionage." <laughs> so you drive to the car and made it. Yeah, you're you like, "I'm going to park and here. Then... Come to me." And then he throws it into your car window and you throw a lot of cash at him. Actually, yes. it's all done. Th- you know, it's crazy. It's all done through Venmo now, which <laughs> feels sort of like we shouldn't be doing that. But it's all done through Venmo. Do you just always put a picture of a slice of pizza underneath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like, like $250 for some pizza. I think I always do like the little like halo emoji. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's still a not. good person. Yeah. You, I, yeah if I, you I, scroll I through, uh, sometimes I do. It's the weirdest wormhole to fall down. But just because I don't know why they're there. People's reports on their Venmo purchase. It's usually... Yeah. Halos and pizza. You're yeah, never getting Halos the pizza. truth. Whenever yeah. I see, whenever I see someone's like Venmo um, transaction and it's like tickets, I'm yeah. always like, oh, "That's drugs." Yeah, <laughs> That's drugs. all right. <laughs> tickets, tickets for what? Tick- yeah. <laughs> tickets for the big concert? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I always look at that, and because everything I do on Venmo is private, because I feel self conscious. Where I'm like, yeah. how come nobody else feels self conscious the way I do about how they spend their money? Well, I will say there was a time 
when I was public because I was writing really funny Venmo captions. Right. For every time, <laughs> oh, that's what I, every was time I would pay my friends, yeah. I would write literal paragraphs, <laughs> yeah. long Venmo, like as long until yeah. they, the character w- limit was reached. Yeah, I would write yeah. it out. And <laughs> it would be so these great. long stories of like, I like, how dare you come after my kids in the way that you did? I'm paying you back for the clothes that they, you say that they ruined. But yeah. this, and like, just go on and yeah. on and on. And I was really proud of or just was keep my, guessing, my creative like, peak. I was $35 saying. for a belly button removal surgery? Like, just have belly button removal surgery. Relocation. I guess I look at that as I scroll through. I've never seen anyone like attempt a, you know, like the paragraph story. Yeah. Most of the jokes are the same thing over and over. And that's oh. so I kind of, I scroll through with, um, extreme disdain for a lack of creativity and then extreme jealousy because it's like no one buys me any burritos (laughs) like at first i think i'm really like mad of like stop trying to be funny and then i'm like you're just fucking jealous because look at all these people buying each other burritos all goddamn Mm. day long so you've you've been scrolling through i didn't know that everyone did that i of course they are because it's provided why I are do they? it. You know, it's weird. Venmo keeps being lumped in. I see like all of these, like we're all addicted to social media. And like <laughs> I saw an image today, a meme, and it was all the social media sites logos on pills in a person's hand. And Venmo was included in that. And I was like, is Venmo, are we including Venmo as a social media addiction now? Yeah. I don't think I'm addicted to Venmo. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just addicted to yeah, you giving me my them, money. The, the most useful one, I would say. <laughs> yeah, really. It's actually. It's how I pay my rent. Yeah. You get in there, you get out. You don't have to yeah. do anything extra, but you can if you want. I think it's an interesting way to figure out if you feel like, and I feel like in quarantine, this is the kind of stuff we spend our time doing where it's like, Oh, I see that so and so's bought so and so yet another burrito. I guess they're <laughs> they're hooking up on the rig, but one of them's cheap and won't spring for both. Yeah, yeah. I like to write they, a little story. Yeah, they were they were they were using Venmo to dox people who are going to Puerto Vallarta. Um, oh, because really? people were just like putting like Puerto Vallarta <laughs> like in the description. Oh no. Like, vacation house and stuff Flying like that. Flying in the face of quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> and then a shape of Puerto Vallarta or whatever. That was that um Carrie O'Donnell showed me that video of when the boat sank. The boat sank, yeah. Uh, God, that was, I'm sorry that was funny. I um <laughs> I'm friends of a friend with someone who was on the boat. Oh no. And they were like, if you've got an hour and a half, I, ca- I have a story to tell. And I was like, I will never have that much time for this story. I, can you I make g- it a four minute story? Al- I can almost guarantee you, you don't need that much time to tell the story. Because I know the ending. I know how, I know the good part of the story. Yes. We saw the video of the good part yeah. of the story. Oh, I don't so know funny. about the Port of Ayata story. Well, you, can you sum it up? Yeah. Chris. What happened? The, basically, um, Puerto Vallarta is like a de- is a destination for gay and straight people right now during the pandemic because Mexico is very very open, um, and so a lot of people were getting in trouble over New Year's because it was a big destination for New Year's, and um, specifically there was like this gay account um, that was sort of like doxing and and um, tattling on people who were down there via their social media posts, like would repost people's social media sure. posts of being on vacation and be like, you know, shame them. And the, at one point during the New Year's 
weekend of boat full of gay men capsized um, on, in Mexico. And there's <laughs> footage of it. And there's footage of it. Okay. Um, no one died, so no. it's fine to laugh. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And no one key. died at the, the Trump rally that was boat-based. <laughs> right. It's fun um, to watch boats sink. That's all. It really is. It's it really, not, really is. We don't want anyone to get hurt, but a boat sinking is funny, and that's why I laughed through Titanic. <laughs> it's also funny to watch people panic in situations where you think like the one clip that I remember it was like somebody pulling somebody else up on the boat that didn't sink or like a boat right. that came yeah, yeah, to yeah. help Yeah, and the person was being so dramatic that was getting pulled up onto the boat where it's just like alright you're just you were, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. like I'm pretty sure from the footage they were pretty close to like the dock area it wasn't yes. like they were out in the middle of the ocean <laughs> no, like, it, it was wasn't. a very easy swim back to shore yes. uh, like, and kind of gorgeous and luxurious yeah. where it's like isn't this what you went down there for? Why are you screaming? Yeah. It's like, I know it's like jarring that a boat would sink, but you know how to swim. Unless... I will say I've been on so many cruises and I've, it's always a fear of mine that the boat will sink. It yeah. is always, always, always a fear of mine that the boat will sink, but I, I still go and I love being on a boat. I love being on a cruise. Do I've you? been on cruises. The la the la the cruise before last that I went on, um, I work a lot of gay cruises um, as the comedian. Oh yeah. Yep. And it's my rep, my agents hate it because it, it pays shit, <laughs> but I love it. Cause it just feels like a free vacation. <laughs> and the last one, the one before last that I went on the jail filled up on the boat. Oh, you're we kidding. There's a jail on the boat. There's a jail on the boat. And it filled up. That's how crazy the boat was. They, and wait, they so had to start taking cops? crew members out of the out of their rooms and using the crew members' rooms as overflow jail cells. Do they what? ever say the phrase you're about to go to boat jail? <laughs> I hope. One could only oh hope. God, Do we that's know the what the average crime to get you in boat jail would be? I think be? there was a lot of um theft and a lot of domestic disputes mm -hmm. and a lot okay. of um i think some i i mean i can't imagine any of it was drug related because everyone was like it, it it i have a joke about it but it is like i've never seen a community come together more heavily to just do one thing which is smuggle drugs onto a boat yeah you know? like, oh, we all sure came, like everybody from every walk of life every age every every gender every race just came together to do this one thing which was to sneak our drugs yeah. onto a boat and so and they're getting arrested so for that yeah and I don't think but I actually don't think and actually the last trip the last boat that i went on they shut they shut down the the dock for a while because there was a bomb scare because one of the bomb sniffing dogs um freaked out on and of course it was because we came later to find that a lesbian was trying to bring a decommissioned landmine onto the boat as a prop for the military party that no. they have what <laughs> as a, oh my god <laughs> Because we come that to find, of course, <laughs> of course, the landmine bringing lesbian was there. Yeah. That well, that had to be an old dog to be like, hey, I know this smell. I was in WW2. <laughs> I know this smell. 
<laughs> so familiar. Arsenic and old lace. <laughs> and the poor thing, they wouldn't let her on the boat after that, which I kind of, I do yeah. understand, but at the same time, I'm so sad. I was like sad for her because I was like, she was just trying to be on theme. She was trying to bring her yeah, costume to the br- next level. And bring she the probably best thought it would prop. be hilarious. That yeah. would have been the best like, prop. This is, this is going to, like, you can just picture how she imagined she was going to just destroy, yeah. like, you know, like win the party basically yeah. with the best prop and for yeah. the best prop with the most authentic <laughs> history and then she's like in her house thank you I'm locked thank you. I'm, I'm handcuffed to a radiator <laughs> <laughs> that is insane it's I, it's awesome we went um I on like a cruise. cruises my parents met on a cruise my dad <gasps> was a purser yes on princess cruises my dad was a purser and my mom was a nurse oh and gosh. um my mom was engaged and my dad it was the he fell in love with her the second he saw her so he would always try to hang out with her and then he said hey come on you have to go on this double date with me because um my friend is going out with this girl and they're in hong kong i believe it was and he's like you have to go with me off just, the boat like, pr- off the boat, they, it was like they had the weekend off or the days off or whatever. This and is they were, uh, pretty romantic. I've never heard this story. I like keep going. <laughs> it's the it's my favorite. Yeah. So my mom used to tell the story. They go to this really fancy because all the people were really well connected because they would just go on the same loop. The cruise would always be the same. So if mm-hmm. they were going to you know whatever part of the world they were going to, they'd already been there fifteen mm-hmm. times. So the, um, they had connections. And they were at this really beautiful fancy restaurant in Hong Kong and the guy that they were on the double date with he was like super into this woman and the woman he was with was a lunatic and she was shit face drunk like from the beginning of the date and so my mom didn't wasn't friends with her like didn't know her so kind of didn't know what to do and my mom said she was like a character out of like she was just kind of a dippy girl that was kind of like this and that halfway through the dinner she passed out in her soup She literally went, she was so drunk, she went face down in her soup bowl. That happens in real life. It happened. That really galvanizes a relationship immediately (laughs) in a big way. Because my parents were like, they they thought it was the funniest thing in the world. But my mom was also like, who are these people that you're friends with? (laughs) Like, she just thought my dad hung out with total lunatics. Oh my God, that's the best. So we went on a, uh, for my mother's 60th birthday, we all went on a family cruise to Alaska because that was the one place she had never gone to. And Uh I loved it because there was nothing I loved more because everyone on that crew, my sister and I were the youngest by far than Mm -hmm. almost anyone on the cruise. There was a couple like grandchildren that were there with their grandparents but other than that everyone was like 65 or older and my sister and i would go um for the entertainment because i was like if there i i said to my sister if there's a comedian i can't watch it because it'll all just feel like i'm doing it and it'll hurt it'll hurt me so bad it like i'll stress out but they didn't have a comedian they just had someone that hosted bingo like it was like bingo three to four, bingo four to five or whatever. So we would just sit there and play bingo for as long as we possibly oh could. And it was my favorite, favorite thing. It was so I, relaxing. I fucking love it. And I met a bunch of, there's a bunch of people, apparently going on cruises is cheaper than hospice care. And so <gasps> there are a bunch of people on these gay cruises that go cruise to cruise um, uh, and are planning on dying. On one of the cruises, so would they like just, just sit in their chairs on the mm-hmm. deck and, it's and like, like that's how I want to go. 
If yeah. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I want to go out on the water in fucking Nice. Right? You know? don't, like, that's, yeah. Oh my god, that's insane! Don't wait till I'm cremated. I'll just dive off at the last moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sprinkle my own asses. Just kind of get yourself to the edge and then throw yourself off. Oh, that's oh. insane! Yeah. yeah. There that makes is a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, there, there. Every time I've been on a cruise, and I've been on like three of them, uh, I there is a someone always dies. There's always some horrible, an elevator breakdown or a, a sewage problem. It's it's <laughs> kind of scary being on. You're floating on a giant porta potty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's sort of indefensible. It's really it's an indefensible industry. It's it's awful. It really is not necessary in any way, and it is terrible for the environment. And I just can't get it's enough. so fun. And you pull <laughs> you up to some. So they put they park the boat right on top of a a coral reef, and <laughs> yeah. people that live in this town are forced to like. Uh, dance or give blankets. It's like so embarrassing. I, every time I've done it, there's like, when you make these stops, it's so embarrassing to come off <laughs> this cruise ship of, of a bunch of white people and you're in Jamaica and people are dancing and like trying to sell stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I had fun up until the stops. There's something about the stops that bothered me. Like, oh, the, we're going to let them walk got, around white for guilt. For there's, a couple hours. There is, um, there's a, so there, I go, the, the gay cruise, um, company that I work for is Atlantis and there's a, they have a sister company that does lesbian cruises and, and, and you cannot make this up, but in, so on the gay cruises, it's like party every night yeah. until 6am, mm-hmm. like just absolute nuts, balls to the wall, ass out, <laughs> um, on the lesbian cruises, it's much chiller. And instead of every port that they go to, um, there's volunteerism mm-hmm. instead of tourism. And one of the stops was one of the volunteerism activity was um, catching stray cats to bring to a nonprofit <laughs> You're to stay in New York. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. And it could not be more on the nose. It's like, it's like if I made that up, people would be like, be less, you know, um, you know, hack. That's like they lesbians running cats? after cats in a foreign country. They put the cats on the boat. There's a room of cats. No, 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 no. no. It's, <laughs> in, it's the in the same country. Okay. In the city. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They volunteer with the already. With, I a, with a nonprofit in the city. They're yeah. taking cats <laughs> from these villages and they're like, room 303 is open. Every all night they're freaking out. You're like, it's, it's going to be so much better when we get back. You'll see. Everyone's covered in flea bites. Yeah, even in Mazatlan, uh, they it was like a stop on a cruise. It was they stopped, and there was just these guys with machine guns lined up. And oh I was God. like, "Oh, let's not get off the boat." Yeah, why? Why does everyone have a machine gun? And then I walked past them into a neighborhood, and it was it it got increasingly more normal. Uh, a neighborhood they did told me not to go down. And then I ended up, these kids were just finishing a mural uh, and 
and they were posing next to this mural. And then they called me over and I took a picture with all these kids in Mazatlan as if I helped paint the mural. But they, <laughs> Typical the, white man stepping yeah. in at the 11th hour. No, they hour. were so sweet. And they're like, do you want to be in the picture with us? And I was like, yes, I do. Uh, just to <laughs> be in me. this I photo. Want mural credit. Yeah, I want to know what their version of this story is when they look at that <laughs> no, photo. Now. I promise you they were sweet and uh, I made them laugh and we enjoyed each other. And it was really a cool moment in my life but it had i had to cross machine gun uh, a group of machine gun men to get to them but i don't know it's not cool it's not you know cruises are an eye-opener i think in that yeah. way you know that and the really shuffleboard experience other cultures <laughs> other it, countries it is funny one of the questions that they always gets asked on the gay cruise is like what does the crew think of all of this because they're an international crew and it's always um and they always give this this preamble where it's like everyone on board who works on the ship knows what week it is and they're given an opportunity to opt out of this week. But most from what I've heard from working for the company is that a lot of people request to be on that week because we pay, we tip so much better yes. than the normal weeks because it's all affluent, like mostly white game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Asians. And um, who are having is, a great time. Yeah. Probably yeah. high on drugs. You know, yeah. like, hey, spread the love a little bit. Exactly like, that. Yeah. And so yeah. they 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 eat it up. They love it. As as opposed to like grandma and grandpa who are complaining about every single fucking uh-huh. crab leg they come across and going like, I need a little more of this or that. Like, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's so exactly. funny that we're talking about Guy this. Guy with huge pupils. At the end here, because that is when <laughs> cruises, is, it's one of the things kind of like bowling where it's like, is that ever going to come back? A, bu- yeah. a, a bunch of floating toilets. Well, I'm on I'm on the schedule to do one in January of 2022. Time will tell if that will if I'll still have that. Yeah. Gig. Yeah. But I hope I hope I do January 2022. I can the, it'll be back. Yeah. I think things will change rapidly soon. And yeah, you can keep yeah, that date from yeah. almost a year from now. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like the cruise industry were, were the ones who let go the they let go last remember and that like the beginning of covid uh-huh. like in like april where they're like no we're doing it. there's another yeah. cruise going out and then they had to immediately come back like, yeah yeah, yeah. And those people, people, got COVID those people that it. were trapped on that cruise yeah, ship for dog, a while like too. in long yes. beach weren't they for yeah. like a, over a month or something they were just living crazy on a boat like that yeah that was back when there was no central government to handle anything that was happening mm-hmm. remember that yeah it was so recently mm-hmm it it does feel like I I just remember like the halcyon days of the early pandemic when no one knew what was really going on and it felt like a snow day. Yes. And it just felt like I, I my friend, my my good, good friend, I just we all make fun of him for this because it's just such a funny memory now as I remember him saying on one of the first zo- like Zoom hangouts that yeah, we did yeah. was and he went, I can't believe we're going to have to do this for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> And now, oh. like, every month or so on our group chain, we'll just text and be like, remember when Matt said, like, oh. I can't believe we have to do this for two weeks. Meanwhile, he's just in a room by himself, rocking back and forth. I hope I Matt's really okay. Ba- I know. Say hi to Matt for us. I feel bad, like, because honestly, at the beginning, 
when, when they were like, you know, it's, it could be till summer. I was like, sounds fucking good to me. Like I, I, I from day right. one, I was just like this. Now you, are you saying stay home, lay down on the couch, eat kind of whatever I want and watch TV? Yeah. This is what I have been doing. Exactly. Only I'm the bad. I've been the bad one. Only now. For the last five years. Yeah. Now I can do it with no guilt whatsoever. Yeah, nothing is expected of me. Are you kidding me? I, there's God no bless. daunting voice on my shoulder telling me <laughs> what I should be doing. It's- I literally like the week before lockdown started was like I was I had I was like going out every like almost every weekend traveling to like tiny towns to do stand up. And I was so tired. Mm-hmm. And I just remember saying to someone like, I just wish I could just stay home for a month yeah. and like not have to <laughs> do funny. not have to travel and not have to work. And like and then it happened and I was like, yes. And then it. It really was a monkey's paw sort of situation where I was like, I did this. I, I did, did this, this to yeah. us. My manifestation has yeah. ruined it for everybody. <laughs> well, we uh, had our nice vacation. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and now we're podcasting over Zoom. You know, and we now, really figured it out. Look yeah. at the our resilience, resilience of podcasters. And our adaptation. We can do we can do anything. That was one of the first um Chris and I used to talk about this because you started doing stand up on zoom pretty soon i did like i waited and then did like a um one of those shows where they play quiplash like they actually play a game you don't have to do a set by yourself i can only do that i can't do the stand-up show yeah i've stopped stand-up is like i'll do the drive-in i I did the improv drive-in show which was i thought it would just be people laying on the horn i didn't know what to think plus you're in orange county so i thought i did that one too and it was was, okay i loved it i i did not because they were like Beep, beep, beep. They were honking like uh, trying to mimic laughter. Everyone, and, and you could, and it was, you know, 200 cars on the roof of this parking garage. And I very quickly was like, okay, this is an audience. Even if they're in a car right now and I yeah. can't hear them laughing, it was an audience and I felt so good. Greg Barrett was there too. And we were just like, the, the, it felt so good. And that's oh, the most, I'm yay. still riding on that high. It was like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was when we get out of quarantine, everything's going to be like that. We're going to go 7-Eleven and then it'll be just be like, I'm fucking high from. Oh, my God. There was like a 10 people in line. We all were talking. It was amazing. I I promise I'm going to talk to strangers in line. I'm not going to be rude to anyone. That was one of, oh my God, before lockdown, when COVID was like a thing in the air, but no one was really taking it seriously in the States yet. I just remember like being like one of my big bits was like you know it's 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 one of these situations where like someone in line at the checkout's like are you are you you know there's a type of person that loves communal like tragic events mm-hmm. or like like er- the earthquake person the earthquake neighbor who's like who desperately just wants to come and knock on your door and be like did you feel it yes yeah. did you feel it <laughs> like the gossipy and like, they're a gossipy yeah, neighbor and there's, yeah and there's, there's always that person in the self-checkout at target who's like you can see has all the toilet paper and is like eyes darting around <laughs> looking for somebody who they can talk to about this and yeah. like and i remember like trying to write jokes about that person and now i'm like well I was the fool. I was the fool. And that, that person was correct, actually. That person right. in the self-checkout line. Uh, I remember. I, I think that is the joke right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I still think that joke has legs. 
<laughs> Don't give up. <laughs> Don't give up. I just on remember that joke. walking into the my local grocery store when in around that same time where it was pre quarantine, post we were really starting to hear about it. It's coming and you know whatever, but nothing official had happened. And walking down the toilet paper aisle and it was just like filled to the brim. And then I and I like reading something where it was just like maybe stock up. And then I was just like. <laughs> come on like i roll like you dramatic and then truly like the next week it was empty it's yeah. so insane yeah what a weird it was a weird thing to i still don't understand why people thought toilet paper was well but i'm a bidet owner same same i <laughs> wasn't know? worried uh, yeah i was I'm not like, worried i don't care I got, if anything, I'm more green. I got a bidet and a terry cloth kinda... washcloth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so European deep down. This is not going to affect me. Uh, well, I think we've, we've, uh, this is a long one, but that was so oh fun. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> we really did. Joel, it. you're the best. It was so wow. fun this, talking. Can I t- flew by. I have to say, like, this is the most, I have, I this is the most fun I've had recording a podcast in a while, and I talk endlessly Yay. on my own podcast about how unfunny I feel doing my own podcast, and this has been the most fun. Oh, and thanks! That's the best compliment we could ever hear. I was, I have to say, I was really nervous because I feel out of it in the stand-up world. Like I just don't. I wasn't doing it so much before, and um, and Chris and I used to just book people that we knew that we didn't feel like we were uh, oppressing if we asked them to do our right. (laughs) So we've had the same people on this podcast like five times because we're just like, we know Jackie Cation will want to do it. We know this person will want to do it or whatever. And so the fact that we have a booker now and then every time I had that feeling of like, what if they don't want to do it? What if this? (laughs) That was the nicest compliment you possibly could have given. Thank you. And you were great. That was delightful. Thank you for being here. Anything you want to plug coming up? Yeah, I know what's you, your name? You your wrote podcast? on a yeah, show. My All podcast is Urgent Care. It's a call and advice um, <laughs> show, and we and I we don't have guests anymore for the very reason that we also felt like yeah. we were oppressing people that we asked to, be, yeah, yeah. to right? do it. Um, it's very difficult. We had to we had to record a bunch of bonus episodes for Stitcher Premium, and we were like. And we had guests for that. And it was every time we had to book someone, we were like, oh, who won't be mad at us? Yeah, Yeah, for real. (laughs) Such a favor. Yeah. Urgent care. Check it out. Well, thanks for being on. Nice to talk to you. Bye, guys. Thank you You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? (laughs) D-Y-N-A-R. Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim Give us a time and date Terminal and gate We wanna send you off in style We wanna welcome you back home Tell us all about it Were you scared or was it fine? Mouthhorn
uh, with Karen and Chris. Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.